Welcome back to episode 23 of the Noseweed Podcast. My name is Colin Martin. On my side, we have my co-host, Bannon Crowley. Hello. And no cam today, but we're going to get back into the swing of this, and let's just get straight to it. Uh, first thing we want to talk about is sort of an opinion that's been sweeping around with NBA fans on Twitter, Instagram, you know, social media, and just in general. We hear about it on ESPN talk, anything. And we usually start out with some facts or some news, but let's just get straight into it with the rumors and the opinions. Uh, the opinion that we're talking about is about Giannis. And the other day, Giannis passed Kareem as the Bucks' all-time leading scorer. And the opinion going around is that Giannis might be the best Milwaukee Buck of all time already. He's only 27. And Banning, how do we feel? What's the opinion on that? I don't know how I feel about this. I think it's really close between him and Kareem. Um, but I think he played there longer, um, Giannis. And he has the two MVPs. He already brought them the championship. So I think by him staying there this long and putting up these numbers, I think he's definitely the best player. Yeah, I think he's got the resume for it. I mean, he's got two MVPs, a finals MVP, brought the city a ring. I think that's huge. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm very high on Giannis right now. And kind of a hot take that I've also seen lately. I'm not the only one. I think Giannis, if not the best, which might be a stretch, I think he'll retire top five. He's really, really good. And I think his resume is just going to continue to build. If Giannis is retiring with a couple more rings, I think that's like not crazy. And it, whether they're in Milwaukee or somewhere else, yeah. he's going to get a couple more rings under his belt. And I also just think he's so dominant. I think his age is so like underlooked people don't realize he's only 27 and 27 i wouldn't say it's super young but players still start to catch their groove at 27 yeah i'd say 29 is usually the prime of a lot of players careers yeah so hypothetically he's not even there yet and he's already got a hall of fame resume on him he's really really good and i think uh we were talking about this before him passing kareem as the bucks all-time winning scorer is just another notch on his belt like he real he He's special. Giannis, I, I've i always been high on Giannis. He's just incredibly likable. He's a really good player. And people, he's the face of the NBA. I, I, I'm going to throw this out there too since I'm all high on Giannis right now. He's the face of the NBA. And I don't know whether it's because he's international or because he plays Milwaukee or honestly probably a mix of both. I think people aren't ready to say that yet. And maybe it's because LeBron's still in the league. I think, I think, I think, I think that's LeBron it. is still the face of basketball right now i think he's the face of basketball this is kind of a weird opinion i think lebron's the face of basketball when you think of basketball you got to think of Bron. when you think of the nba you got to think of Giannis. in my opinion he because and that this is me just hating on the lakers more yeah. but i mean the face of the nba is in my opinion the one that dominates and although lebron is still dominant being so old his team sucks yeah so i i think Giannis is the face of the nba and whenever lebron retires i think people will finally notice yeah but i i still would have Giannis as third in the face of the nba right now i still KD. have curry above him oh curry i think curry, yeah. i think curry's i mean as long as curry's playing every single week he's doing something to make every single highlight so i still have him up there curry changed the game. i mean that's i'm a big curry guy curry's that's, honestly probably the guy who's brought the biggest amount of change to basketball as a whole absolutely i, I think he revolution him and odell like a lot of people don't talk about odell enough but revolutionizing the game like that like one hand catches after that odell catch 
everyone does it now and curry over time obviously it wasn't just one moment he has his moments but like over time just shooting it just made more players do that and yeah no that curry especially he revolutionized the game yeah. there's no doubt there they're not gonna hear any curry slander uh next bullet point we got is contenders and pretenders uh, where we're at right now, we're not quite in the playoff push, meaning we don't know like seeding and stuff specifically or who's in and who's out, especially with the play-in. We're getting close. I mean, some teams, I think the most amount of games left is five at this point. Yeah. Um, some teams have four games. So we pretty much know who's in, but... The only tight race, if I can recall, is out west between the Lakers and San Antonio yeah. for that 12 seed in the play-in. Everything else isn't locked, but we know what teams are making the playoffs i think yeah, we know who's making the playoffs we just don't know the seating yeah so that being said we got to talk about who's really a championship contender and who's kind of just one of those teams that's gonna have a good regular season and get bounced yeah and i'll run off these teams so we'll start with brooklyn pretender i think they're I, really good I, I we won't break it down for every team but i gotta say Bro i think we gotta talk about brooklyn we gotta talk about brooklyn <laughs> drop my phone uh Brooklyn has two of the best players in the NBA. That's no doubt. Brooklyn has a couple good role players, but I'm just going to say Brooklyn's role players have fell off completely. I think last year we saw a Brooklyn team that even though they didn't go as far as some would have liked, they their role players really stepped up. Bruce Brown was incredible. Mm -hmm. Joe Harris was really solid. And even guys that didn't get much run, Nick Claxton, I'm a big guy, obviously one of my favorite players for no reason. I love that guy. But he didn't really play much, and he was still contributing when he was on the court. And I just, I don't see it from them this year. I mean, it's well acknowledged how Joe Harris has fallen off. Mm -hmm. Nick Claxton plays, but his role is to rim run and just dunk the ball. And he does it like for 10 minutes every game. And Bruce Brown, although he's still a solid defender, I don't see production from him at all. That being said, KD and Kyrie are still insane. Having Kyrie back fully with the COVID protocols is amazing for them. Yeah. Their team is a pretender because they don't have anyone besides those two that I feel like will even help. Well, I mean, on the other side... The only and I know I know Seth. I know yeah. Seth. I, he's new, though. Yeah, and I think him and Drummond. Drummond has been playing Drummond's good. Yeah. the best game of his career since he... You need more of that, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's been dropping 20 and almost Oh, I got no hate for Drummond. I, I, I like how Drummond plays. And the thing is, they're not really role players, essentially, because they haven't been there that long enough. And I would consider them basically starters. But the guy's coming off the bench. But I, it's still the argument that we had before when um, every time that LeBron, especially in the bubble, they weren't the highest seed, but they still were there because LeBron was there. And KD is basically the same thing. I would argue KD is probably at this point more dominant in the postseason. I like I would put more faith into him just because he can shoot better than LeBron at this point and he K can create a shot. He, do he doesn't go into slumps. Yeah. And LeBron doesn't really either because he's clutch. But yeah. that being said, he, he can slump shooting wise, especially yeah. more recently. Uh, I mean, are they a contender or pretender? Can you see Brooklyn winning a ring this year? I don't think they'll get past the second round. But I think they could definitely make a push. They'd have to play a really good matchup for them in the first round to win it for me. I don't think they'd make it past the first round. Uh, we'll skip over some teams like Cleveland and um, I don't think we need to talk about Chicago. No, let's just, let's just get controversial. Let's talk about the ones that we really got to think about. Another one I want to bring up, though, is Toronto. Toronto is... The thing about them is they're a good team, but depending on who they play... 
like we talked about before with Kyrie, there's two teams, the Sixers and the Celtics, who won't come out with their full report who's vaccinated or not. Yeah. So if the Celtics play them, Jalen Brown might not be able to play in that series. Is that just a rumor or is he unvaccinated? I know he, I know his He wife. hasn't officially come out with it, but the way that he said it I know his it, standpoint on yeah. it, yeah. So that would be very That would be huge. That'd be huge. But I think that doesn't it it comes back to bite him eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jalen would still be able to play home games, and so I mean, yeah. even if they lose every game in Toronto, they could win the series in seven. But you know I still think that would definitely be. Oh, it's, it's an impact, and yeah. it and people would hate that if yeah. that's the reason a team lost the series. But I just Toronto, I wouldn't even call them a pretender. They're just clearly not ready to win a ring yet. Yeah. And that's fine. Their team's young. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Just that, in that's case. super interesting because all the other teams besides Boston and Philly have come yeah. up with it, and I think the only one on Philly that they were talking about because Harden and Embiid, I think it's just Thibault, which yeah. obviously you compare Thibault to Smart, it's not going to make that much of a difference. It still could like push it a little bit, but at the end of the day, Harden yeah. and Embiid are going to beat Toronto. Yeah, for sure. Um, after that, we'll talk about, I think we can move on to Miami. Miami's the number one seed right now and they're playing really well, but I just, I don't know how I feel about them. I don't, th I think they're pretenders i don't think they can win a ring this year i'll say the other side i think they're contenders and they scare me as a postseason team because they don't because jimmy's not a guy you can go through when you need a bucket they get their their best scorer on their team's tyler hero and he comes off the bench yeah so in clutch time do you play tyler hero even though he's a defensive liability or do you put him out there because he can drop 35 i think they're a contender but they scare me I, there wouldn't be my favorite yeah I think comparing them to Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly, who I, I mean, I think they're all contenders. Um, I just, I don't see them on that same level for me right now. And obviously they're the best seed, but. I think that's fair. I, I don't know. There's just something about it that, especially Jimmy, I don't trust Jimmy at this point. The thing is, I like their matchups against those teams, yeah. but I don't think they're better. That's kind of my problem with it. So I see what you're saying for sure. And I think right now in the East, I don't think there's a team that could really I think matchup-wise, um, with Robert Williams being out, if Milwaukee played Boston, I think Milwaukee could beat them. Not easily, but I think definitely in six. Rob Williams has got to be back by the second round yeah. if they play Milwaukee. I think the only team that could really contend with them is, just because I don't really trust Miami, is Philly with having Embiid there to guard him. But I still think that Milwaukee is probably my favorite in the East right now. But also the playoffs, it depends. You have it, to get lucky. Yeah, I think seeding is everything. I actually do think Milwaukee is my favorite right now too. Yeah. But I mean, Boston's defense is insane. Even without Rob Williams, his health is probably the biggest point of their playoff run. Yeah. And if every team has a storyline, every team ever and every year has a storyline. That's the Celtics right now. Is Williams going to be healthy? And is he going to play? If he plays, you can you can count on. A chance at a ring if he's playing their championship team if not i'm not gonna pretend they are uh moving on to the west i mean i would say it's probably the nets of the west right now you have the clippers who have two scary players but do you trust that bench that much it's the thing that paul george just coming back i trust the clippers bench more but I, I think they're pretenders. I don't think they can make it that far. I don't even think they're thought of as a contender. I think it's just too little too late. I think PG is insane. And what's Kawhi's timetable? Has anything been said about that? Uh, I don't think yeah. so. So, I mean, it's just too many unknowns. And 
PG's great, but PG coming back from an injury can't lead that team to a championship, and that's yeah. fine. Uh, next up, we have Denver with possible MVP Jokic there. Uh, how you do say we that? feel about that? I don't... Mm, I that's This is probably my toughest one. Can he lead them to a championship? That's my problem. And that we always talk about matchups. I think we say it over and over again, but that's really dependent. I think they are a content... They're a sneaky contender to like make the finals or make the Western conference finals is about where I put them. I don't think they can win a ring. I just, I don't like them against any of the East teams. I think they could make it far because I kind of like them against all the West teams. Yeah. Like even including Phoenix who I don't even know if we'll talk about because Phoenix is clearly a contender. There's not even a debate. But so I think clearly Phoenix is the favorite in the West. I don't think they want to play Denver. That being said, I don't like their matchup against any of the four teams we said as being the four best in the East. So I'd say contender to make it, not contender to win it. I mean, on the other side of that, I think just to talk about Phoenix a little bit, I think Phoenix is clearly the best team. I yeah. think the only way they don't win a championship is if either like whoever makes it out of the East, whoever the best player is, unless like out of the four teams we'll talk about, it, unless like Jimmy, um, Embiid, Tatum, or Giannis just like drop 50 a game from yeah. the East, or unless someone gets hurt then I don't think there's any team that could beat them. We would need to see something miraculous. Yeah. And that's crazy because I don't know. Everyone knew Phoenix was going to be good this year. If you pay attention, you have players that continue to get better. You have Chris Paul, you have Monty Williams. Success guaranteed. But I don't think anyone thought they'd be this good. Like they're leaps and bounds. I think they've been number one in the power rankings like the whole year. Yeah. Like it's insane. That Phoenix team is good. They're scary. Milwaukee could run it back on them though. I don't think they're a lock. I think Milwaukee could run it back on them. Yeah. We'll see. I still like them, though. I like Phoenix. Well, I mean, if you look at it, the East is so close between those top six seeds. There's four games. And then in the West, you have Phoenix, who's 16 and a half games above Denver. Yeah. And if you're including the playing teams, San Antonio, they're 30 wins above San yeah, Antonio. Well, yeah. It's San just, Antonio's not a playoff team. That's why I hate yeah. the playing, but whatever. And even if you compare it to the East, they have 13 more wins than the Heat. I know. And the it's heat crazy. Been, it's, and the Heat have been on fire. Another team uh, that we can talk about, Memphis, are they a contender or a pretender? I think they're a pretender. I think Ja Morant will play well, but I don't trust him in the playoffs. And besides Ja, I mean, you're going to have Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain. Jaron Jackson, but yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, every the, other team has a second best player. Oh yeah, they're, they're a pretender and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think yeah. they've exceeded their regular season expectations so much. And I think they're going to win whoever they play in the first round, but it's not a championship team yet. That being said, I don't think they're going to lose anyone in free agency. I think they're just going to continue to grow. Give it a couple years. That's a team I like, but not to win it. Um, we'll talk about two more teams. Golden State. This is an interesting one because of the injuries. Seth uh, Steph Curry will probably <laughs> come back by the playoffs. I think we know that by now. And... Clay has started to step it up more. We've been talking. Clay has been. Banning, a Banning about doesn't this. like Clay. <laughs> We've been <laughs> talking about him a little bit. Banning thinks Clay's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but he's figured it out. And um, him and Poole. Poole's been having a great year. Obviously, oh, yeah. I mean, they have two all star starters with Andrew Wiggins there, too. I'll just say, I mean, they're a pretender. Yeah, I don't care. I, I mean, that. that's, a, that's a hot take coming from both of us, but I think we can both agree. I just don't see it through. Yeah. Like, I have no problems with Golden State, but that's not a championship t- winning team this year. And if it's not this year, they might start to fall off, man. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be tough. Yeah. 
I think you put them up against a team like the Suns, and you have Curry and Booker go at it, and then obviously you have, I mean, after that, you have Aiton, and you have Chris Paul, and I mean, Clay will be out there, but after that, I think I'm taking Chris Paul and Aiton over Clay any day, and Jordan Poole is not going to do that much. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I. that's just not a championship-winning team. It's just not it. And I think a lot of it comes down to their problems in the front court. I didn't even realize Raymond Green was playing bad until he said he was playing bad, which, yeah. uh, which is crazy. Yeah, and maybe, that, if he's saying he's playing bad, then yeah, he's playing bad. Maybe that's on me, because I thought he was doing just as good as usual, but he has no confidence right now, yeah. and they don't have a center. It's just kind of... I, I, I don't like the front court. I don't love what's going on. And our final team that we're going to talk about has been my dark horse this whole time. When we first started talking about them, they were the seventh seed. Now they're a half a game away from the third seed with a potential MVP candidate, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. And if there's a team that's gonna match up with the Suns on the West, I think this is the team. I think Luka and Devin Booker will go at it. And I think they're the only team that can contend with Phoenix on the West. Whack take, whack take, because Luca's goaded. I'm not even gonna pretend. I'm not even gonna pretend. Luca's top five. I'm not gonna go crazy. I'm not like a hater. Who else is winning them games? Luca can drop forty, and they have shown that they will still lose. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't know. They've who... Been on a hot streak. Though. No, they're, they're good. They're, no, they're... no, they're good because Luca's carrying. Yeah. And carrying doesn't work in the playoffs. I don't. I don't care. We saw LeBron do it once. That's LeBron, and yeah. he didn't even. He doesn't even do it every year. You know what I'm saying? And people say, oh, if people, if people are listening, they're going to say, man, Collins bugging out. Giannis carried the Bucks last year. No, he didn't. Giannis was the best player on the team because he's clearly better. You're going to Middleton wasn't good the whole playoffs. Middleton was hot until basically the finals. And then they had Drew Holiday who locked up every other guard on the other team. And they had great role players. And I'm a big role player guy. If you don't have role players, you're not a championship team to me. I don't like the Mavericks role players. I think it's a team that's built for success in a couple years. Yeah. I mean, them getting Davis Bertans was horrible just because he they don't even play him because he can't play. He sucks. And he used to be good. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna lie. They should have been able to get more for that Chris Dobbs trade. No hate on Spencer Dinwiddie because he's came in and I talk about this every episode. Spencer I feel like Dinwiddie's been playing yeah, good. Yeah, and he because ta- he's continued to play good every time we've talked, and he takes ball pressure away from Luca. That's all you really need him to do, and he's yeah. really good at it. Jalen Brunson's insane. Jalen Brunson's probably the most underrated point guard in the league. That being said, do I take three guards that I think are good and the rest of the team I don't really like to match up against these actual finals favorites? I, I can't even see it. Luka will get a ring. He'll get a couple. It will not be this year. I, I don't think they'll win a ring, but I think they're... I don't even... I say I don't Western even, Conference Finals, the yeah, match for them. I don't, even, I don't even see them there. I think I'm a hater. Could, I think they could beat Memphis and Golden State. I'm drinking on that hater juice. Maybe, maybe Memphis. We'll see. We'll see. I, yeah, I guess we finally disagree on something. All right. Let's, let's like get straight to it. We've been beating around the bush. MVP talk. We love to do this. What's the case? Because, Banning, if I'm going to be honest with you, Embiid, I don't see it. I don't see it right now. And he's been playing good. You can pull it. I know what's going to happen. I know what's we'll going to happen. We'll pull up all the advanced stats. We're going to pull up all oh, advanced stats. I, I want to see some real stats, man. We'll see the real stats. I'm not, a, I'm not a points per game junkie, but it matters. 30 points per game. Yep. 11 and a half rebounds. One and a, well, one steal. Almost one and a half blocks. And 31 PR right now. And... I mean, he had Tobias Harris as his second best player for 
almost the whole entire year. And no one talks about that. Everyone talks about how um, Jokic didn't have anyone on his team, how MPJ wasn't there, how... Um, who's who? What, what's who, his point guard's name? Jamal Murray wasn't who there. Who on the Nuggets right now is better? Is I'm sorry. Who on the Nuggets besides Jokic right now is better than Tobias Harris? I would say that you. I mean, anyone on that team was no, even. No, no way. Tobias Harris was dropping 11 no points a game. No way, because that's Embiid carrying. That's not. That doesn't mean Tobias Harris exactly. is bad. He's the doesn't, most valuable player. He's carrying the team. What's Jokic doing? He's also carrying the team. He's, he's just not, you're doing he's it just better. Not as good as it. in the last month. He can just pass Jok- the ball. Jokic is the first player. Sorry, the second player, and you can guess who the first is of all time to lead the top five statistical categories in the NBA. Sorry, to be top five in the five statistical categories that are important besides field goal percentage in the NBA for a whole month. Who's number one, LeBron? Not number one. There's just been two people. To do oh, it. was LeBron the first? It was Kareem. Oh. And I'm just saying. Yeah, that's a pretty good case. Jokic, top five in the month of March, top five points, top five assists, top five rebounds, and then top five steals, top five blocks. Yeah. That's insane. And this dude can't even play defense. How the hell is he getting well, so many steals and blocks? Well, then have a higher um, efficiency rating in March. Oh, I'm sure he's more efficient. Jokic- well, then he's more efficient then, and he's playing less minutes too. You're, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but that doesn't make him better. He's doing the same thing in less he's minutes. Playing, he's playing less minutes. He's not doing the same thing. Pretty much. He has more points. He just doesn't Those have Those all his... came from beforehand, though. He used to be doing more. Well, he's been playing better now than he was at the beginning of the year. Well, it's because he has better players. The team is better now. Yeah. But I Well, mean... so he plays better once he gets James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. He even kicks it in a higher gear. Exactly. And he was carrying before, too. So uh, you're bugging out too because I thought Tyrese Maxey been been, player, been playing better than Tobias Harris all year, no, not all year, not but all year. But be, even be, even before Harden got there, even before Harden got before there, got there. Bro, he had his highest scoring game the first game that Harden was there. Oh that no, was the he, first time he's Maxey and Harden. Points. I'm not even gonna argue that Maxey and Harden is a crazy duo. He, yeah. Harden has improved Maxey. Maxey was still really good. Well, Maxey didn't have over 20 points before Harden got there. That was his highest. It's not. It's not all about here. points. You you yeah, watch I mean, you watch still, almost all their games. Yeah. Maxey was playing on a high level. He was still playing good, but I mean, I think between those two, we also got to talk what about, about the Giannis? narrative. Giannis is up there too. What, I think Giannis what, which, is definitely in the top three. Which narrative? Because I feel like every narrative goes against Embiid. I don't. I don't see what narrative is for Embiid. People, he's he's, he's only, already he's won the only it one without the Embiid with the MVP, and I think that's the narrative that they're going for right now. What and, do you mean? Well, he's the only one who doesn't have the MVP between Giannis and Jokic, so they want to give it to someone new. That would be the narrative. You mean the, like a pro Embiid narrative? Yeah. Yeah. Well, f the narratives, bro. Like, I I don't care about narratives. I want the player that I think is the most valuable to win it, and I'm not gonna lie. I think it's Jokic or it's Giannis. I think you compare the stats. The only thing Jokic is better at is passing. How so, bro? Because that's, I mean, the, that's the only difference in the statistics is the assists. But even so, even I disagree. But it, like, even so, that's kind of a big thing. The assist margin's a lot different. Yeah, but I mean, so he's the best passing big man of all time, having a crazy passing season, putting yeah. up just as many points as Embiid. His team's a little well, worse. Not just as much. Almost five point difference. Okay. How many assists difference? Like, I'm not even looking at stats right now. I'm guessing like seven. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Just as many rebounds, I assume. Both hanging around 12-ish. I would assume. Yeah. That. So, I'm I'm missing the point, man. I, and, I just and, think Embiid and, is and, the best and, player. And, 
I don't think that's a crazy take. I don't think that's crazy at all. But I if, think the if MVP is going to the best player. I think Jokic is better. <laughs> I don't know. I think Embiid plays. Uh, here's what I'll say. I think Embiid plays a style of game that's so much more dominant that I'd rather play against Jokic than Embiid if I'm the opposing team. Embiid's a little scarier. He's a lot more physical and he draws more fouls. I think Jokic purely is better for his team. Uh, yeah, I can agree with yeah. that. Just because the way that he plays basketball, it's definitely opening up a lot more. Yeah, him, I mean, but... Jokic plays boring as hell, but he gives these guys that aren't good shooters their statistically best season of all time. Yeah. He's making Will Barton look like he's having a reassurance. Will Barton still sucks. He's made Monte Morris look like a top 20 point guard. He should be off the bench, and he usually is. This is what I'm saying. He made Faku Kampazo an NBA player. I don't even care because Faku Kampazo is horrible at offense. If Bobby's listening to this, he's on my head. He's horrible at offense, slightly above average at defense, and he's 5'10". Jokic likes him and passes him the ball. Bang, he has an NBA career. Bam, people say he's underrated. This is what I'm saying, and MB doesn't have that factor. Is Embiid scarier in the post? Definitely. Is Embiid going to drop more sometimes? Obviously. I'm not saying Embiid sucks. Embiid, yeah. Embiid's... I think we all know yeah, that these are the top three there's players. There's no... This is why we can argue back and forth on this. What's? I don't even really want to talk about Giannis. I don't feel like it. He's just been on a tear. Yeah, and I it, think recently he's been... Yeah. He hasn't been playing bad this season, yeah. but he knows that the MVP race is coming up and he's still playing up to it if someone picks Giannis, i have no problem with it it makes sense he's been on a tear i think any of yeah. these three players is you can make an argument for and after that don't even try i, I, I don't i don't, don't want to hear a thing about lebron or the Devin only Booker. one that's really up there now that they're trying to also talk about is luca and as much as a big mavericks person i am right now luca's been playing good but not an mvp luca's level. gonna get his he's we gonna don't get need it at some we point. don't need to throw him in there and Devin booker if you want to say well He's the best player on easily the best team in the league. I think that's fine. He just doesn't, he can't match up to him any other way. I think if that's the case, then you have to have that mindset every single year. And that's really boring and not always true. Yeah. I think this is the same argument we had last year about Embiid and Jokic. And then Embiid got hurt and then Jokic won. And this year's more fun because we actually get to talk about it. And this, yeah. the stats are basically the same as last year. And if everyone had Embiid above Jokic before he got hurt, I don't understand what's changing. The NBA had Embiid oh, up I th there. I think Jokic is playing better this well, better this year than last year. I think yeah, yeah, Embiid and I think Embiid too. is too. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a little different. The thing I don't understand is Embiid was number one forever, and then they just decided each month they come out with whoever they feel like. And I just don't understand where the drop off came from when the NBA, he's been playing better than he was. I will second you on that. The NBA.com player ladder is a joke. If you think Embiid's the person the MVP. Sure, that's totally fine. Keep him there until he does something to fall off. He and didn't he fall off. He has not done anything to fall off. And if you think Jokic is number one, keep him there because he hasn't done anything to fall off. And neither one of them has really done anything to jump the other one. Yeah. You really got to just have your opinion and either stick with it or something's got to happen in these five games. Well, that's that, why I'm sticking with it. Yeah. I've had him number one. And I'm sticking and I'm, with mine. I'm, I'm not, sticking with mine. I never I'm not caving in like the NBA does. I'm not caving in either. I thought about caving in on Giannis. I can't. Jokic, I think all season you've said Embiid, I've said Jokic, and I think... I think we might die on that hill, and we'll find out who... The only argument that people are making for Giannis is that he's been playing well, and then he dropped 44 and got a block on Embiid, and then they won the game. Yeah. And if you're looking at it like that, then 
I mean, you can pick any single game from the season and then compare it. But I mean, head-to-head -head also has a factor in it, but that's just one game too. Look at all the other games they played this season. And it's kind of tough. I think if you value head-to-head, -head, then I think it's weird because I think Giannis outplayed Embiid in the game they played. And the most recent Nuggets and Sixers game, Embiid, Embiid had better Embiid stats. Yeah, Jokic, but but Jokic did more to win the game, won yeah. the game, and hit the game when game clinching shot. Yeah, that, so the it's bench kinda, so for it's Denver kinda, played a lot better than. But the I think Jokic makes that bench better. He makes these guys that aren't good real NBA players. But anyways, I mean, we can talk about this all day. We kind of have, but. I'm glad I'm glad we went over it again because yeah. it's really narrowed down. There's not much. There's literally I don't think anything that could change it, unless Embiid gets hurt tomorrow and Jokic drops fifty every other game. That's yeah. like the only or thing. the other way around. Yeah, that's Whatever. the only thing that could happen. Uh, one thing I don't even want to talk about this because I hate this team. We're gonna talk about the Lakers for a second. Uh, the Lakers are fighting for that twelfth seed in the West, which is the tenth seed. Tenth seed. My apologies. That is somehow a playoff seed now mm -hmm. and anthony davis came back the other night he was okay but they lost to new orleans mm -hmm. are they making the playoffs uh probably they're making the play-in game yeah but they're i mean i think they could make the playoffs just because lebron wants to make the playoffs but they're i mean if they're the eighth seed and they're playing the suns the first round absolutely not there's yeah. no way no they're playing the thing is, if they match up against Memphis, though, you have AD and LeBron against Ja Morant, and that's that's where I don't know. If they play, I think Curry and Clay can hold them off, but that's I just don't like the Grizzlies as a two seed. It just doesn't make sense to me. It won't be a problem because the Lakers won't make the playoffs. Yeah, but I, I, I don't yeah. I don't care. They're, I'm not even going to go hypothetical. They're going to lose whoever they play in the play-in, especially if they're the 10th seed and they got to win two play-in games. Yeah. No, sir, LeBron is clutch. And, and I think would they be playing, they would play the 9th seed, right? And then they would play the winner of the 7th and the 8th seed. I think that's no. how that works. Because uh, the 7th and the 8th seed play yeah. for the 7th seed. Yes. And then if they, like, let's say 7th seed wins, 8th seed would get to play the 9-10 uh, winner. Yeah, so yeah. right now it would most likely be New Orleans. So then they play against them. They just lost to them. But yeah. obviously, Anthony it, it the doesn't change. Yeah, back. it doesn't. It so I think they could beat them. But then they would be playing against Minnesota or the Clippers. They definitely don't beat the Clippers in my mind. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, it really just depends on how well Anthony Davis is. Because LeBron is the leading scorer yeah. in the NBA right now. And Anthony Davis doesn't know how to play basketball. And I've been saying this forever. I know in the no, finals, no, 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 I know no, in the no, finals no, 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 you no, no, said no. that Anthony Davis it's, was the best player. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. It's changed. AD's a liability now because he's always hurt. And AD is the biggest reason why the Lakers suck this year. I'm not, I like, I'll stick with my guns when I feel like I'm right. When I'm wrong, I will come, I will come onto on this mic and say like, AD sucks. He's, yeah. he's a liability and I am super disappointed with how he's played. I'm a big AD fan. He, he's horrible. And I think he's got, I think he, they got to ship him out of Los Angeles. Get him out of there, man. Let him play in Chicago. That's what he wants to do anyways. He's kind of a big baby sometimes. And I hate LeBron too. And I'll admit he's carrying he's carrying hard but yeah. i just don't think he carries them to a playoff spot especially if it's that eighth seed wrap it up i mean it would be that eighth yeah. seed and phoenix will kill him and i mean they said it the other day the only reason why the lakers are still in this spot 
is, and people talking about them, is because they're the Lakers, they have LeBron. You put them literally anyone else, no one's talking about how San Antonio might exactly. make the playoffs. Exactly, yeah. If, well, if you literally flipped their records, and this is San Antonio in this spot, no one cares. Yeah. Like, cool, they're fighting for the 10 seed, and they want to make a playing game. And especially if Anthony Davis gets shipped off or he leaves, <clears throat> yeah. and when Bronny's in the NBA, and I, I mean, he will be in the NBA just because LeBron is he's good too i i, I like Bronny. he's not really he's, good yes. but he is good enough to be in the nba if he continues yeah. his path and he's going to be more uh more teams are going to want him because of that one year lebron rental every single team you get you know. him you get lebron's farewell tour you make you do so it. much you money. do it and if anthony davis cleveland. and lebron both leave the lakers are done Bronny james is a cleveland lock put that in right now for whenever he ends up being in the nba yeah uh, one last thing I want to talk about. This isn't even a discussion. I just want to like maybe congratulate and just mention, just acknowledge uh, some of the Hall of Fame nominees. Uh, not a crazy class, if I'm being honest, but uh, Manu Ginobili, first ballot Hall of Famer, as a six man is most of his career. He's also nice in 2K. Uh, shout out Manu, good player. Tim Hardaway, uh, he was a really good point guard. He's got that knuckleball shot. And George Carl, one of the best coaches of all time. Utah Jazz legend coach when they had... Uh, John Stockton and that other guy. So yeah. I mean, shout out, shout out to him. He's a really great coach. And Swin Cash, four time WNBA. Yeah. Oh yeah, one of the best. Like, Three time champion, great player, two time Olympic gold medalist. She legit is one of the best WNBA players of all time. So congrats to her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'll wrap it up for the NBA. Banning will start NFL. Yeah. Um. So just talking about this quickly, Bobby Wagner signs a five-year deal with the Rams and the Rams don't want to lose. They're doing everything in their path to just keep going, keep going. And I think this is a great signing for them. Um, Bobby Wagner, obviously still one of the elite linebackers in the NFL. Um, I think the Rams still up there in the NFC. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that's... The AFC so scary. The NFC's... I mean, it's kind I don't of think there's anyone really going to touch them. I, th- I think he fits that defense really well, too. Having yeah. a roaming middle linebacker is something that the Rams haven't had in recent years, but they always kind of did, and even if they weren't, like, super top-of-the-line guys. I think he fits great. I think he's the second or first best linebacker every single year for at least, like, the next four years. So yeah. there's, n- there's no doubt in my mind he'll fit well there, and I'm a big Bobby Wagner guy, so good signing. No matter what, you get any amount of money, that's a good signing. Yeah, this has probably been the... There hasn't really been a big trade, but that was probably the biggest off-signing season that we've seen um, this week. And another trade that happened, the Devontae Parker trade to the Patriots. I think this is a perfect trade for both teams. I think both teams got what they wanted. And if Parker plays well, he plays well. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I think it's just good value. I think the Patriots traded away a pick that they got for free. They traded that... uh, uh, pick they got for losing JC Jackson. Yeah. So it's basically just, hey, you know, we we got this anyways, and we get Devonte Adams in the fifth. And the Dolphins obviously have different plans for wide receiver. They're valuing speed a little more than route running, yeah. and they get good value for him. A third round pick for Devonte Adam, Adams. She's Devonte Parker is really good. I mean, if he plays well, he's got that potential to be a good wide receiver too for Mac Jones. I, yeah, I think Mac will like him. I, I I think he fits well in the offense. He is an underrated route runner, but 
health is a problem. If he stays healthy, yeah. it's good. If he's not, then it's whatever. We didn't give up farm yeah. for him. And the thing is with the Patriots, we've seen this every single year. They trade for someone and it just hasn't worked out great. So I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, trade. I mean, we saw Mohamed Sanu. There's been a player every single year. Every time the Patriots get a receiver that people have already heard of, it's horrible. Uh, Reggie Wayne, that was a great one week of training camp. Mohamed Sanu was horrible. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Maybe this is why they don't ever actually sign receivers that people have heard of. But yeah. it, it's a low-risk trade, and hope it's looking like it could possibly be a low-reward trade too. But you just got to wait and see on stuff like that. I, I have no complaints. Yeah. Uh, we have the last thing in our episode is definitely huge. But before that, it's NFL-related. Uh, we got to talk about March Madness a little bit before we go off on this train. Um, as we're talking, Kansas is playing Villanova. I'm not looking at the screen. It, at first, Kansas was handling them. Kansas is Kansas still up by a lot. I think we could predict now yeah. that Kansas is winning the game. And tonight, as we record, we got the Duke and UNC game. Uh, I don't even think we have to break it down that much. I mean, Banning's had Duke as the favorite this whole time. I'll speak for him. Yep. So he's definitely got Duke winning. I think Kansas is going to win the whole thing, but I also see Duke winning tonight. I, I think it... I think it will be a good game. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I think I think Duke pulls away. I think Duke will. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Duke will come out maybe not the strongest, but they will lock in and win. I yeah. think. But if they do come out strong, it's you over. just wrap it. They up. can. Yeah. The thing is, they can come back in the second half. Not come back, but if it's like even, they'll be able to pull away in the second half. And if they come out strong like they did last game, I mean, last game they they were up by almost thirty at one point. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't win by that much, but they they can they, really run yeah. it on teams. And the last thing we are going to talk about is our big focal point of the episode. We we love doing these. This is a, a mock draft for the NFL. It's been a minute, but now it's it's finally mock draft season. It's been for us for months, but yeah. you know now people are really talking. And I think before we get into it, just a little like header. Uh, this draft is so unpredictable. Yeah. Usually by this time we know who the first team is going to pick and probably who two and three is going to pick. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Do you know? I think <laughs> my top two picks are pretty solidified. I think there's, that, I think there's a lot of safe picks. I don't think there's any locks. Yeah. Especially, I think the two pick is a bit bigger lock than the one pick. Yeah. Honestly, because they Jacksonville can go a lot of ways. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. So how are we going to do this? Do you want to, I think we'll just go back and forth. Yeah. Alternating every pick. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we're not going to break it down too much. I mean, if it's something... We'll break it down if we want If to. it's something if that we're like, whoa, then we can start talking. Yeah. Who you got number one? Um, number one right now, I have Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Um, I think for Jacksonville, there's a lot of guys they could go with, and I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I think this is a safe pick for them. Number one, I got the Jags taking Ika McQuano. He's falling down some people's boards. There's no reason for it. He's a mauler. They need an alignment. Yeah. Um, number two, I have Trayvon Walker to the Lions. Uh, I, I mean, right now, I don't see these top two picks not going this way. I think this is a lock in my mind. I think they need Trayvon Walker. They need an edge. And they need a quarterback, but not at this point in the draft. There's no way you can draft any of these guys number two. Number two, I have Aiden Hutchinson for the same reasons. Yeah. Do you want to do number three? Yeah, number three, I have uh, Evan Neal. I think Houston could use a lot of things. I like Kayvon Thibodeau here. I think Evan Neal in a GM's mind is a safer pick. In general, all linemen are usually safer. And also, 
maybe the flash, especially Houston doesn't really want to draw any more attention to himself right now. Evan Neal, solid, quiet, just blocks. Yeah. Um, I have Ika McQuanu here, uh, first tackle off the board. I have him going, I don't think he's better than Evan Neal, but I think he fits Houston better, in my opinion. I think they look at him better than Evan Neal. As one of the only people that looks at O-Lineman, he's a better run blocker too. Ika yeah. is really good. Uh, number four, uh, this is where Kayvon goes for me. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is so good, and I don't get where this hate comes from. I, maybe People say it's a character thing. I don't know him, so I don't care. Yeah. Shout out Kayvon Thibodeau. Really good player. I think the Jets would love him on the edge. He's scary. He's good. For the same reasons I have him, I think he's better than Hutchinson, but I think it's a safer pick to take Hutchinson, and I don't blame the Jaguars for that. Yeah. And at number five for the Giants, I have Evan Neal. Yeah. I think Houston could definitely go with Evan Neal, and if they do, the Giants take Iquanu. And I think the Jets are going to take Thibodeau either way. So it, I could see this going either way for the Texans and the Giants. Yeah. But I think both of them are going to take the tackle. My third O tackle off the board, I have Charles Cross. I don't know why people don't talk about him more. Like people talk about him just because he's the third. But he's it's in my head, it's really not a Quanu Neal or vice versa and a fall off. I think Charles Cross is right there. Yeah. Giants would love to have him. I know they always draft O line, but it's still always a need. Yeah. Charles Cross is one of those guys that would be really solid for a long time on the opposite side of Thomas. I think um, just to talk about that, I think Cross, I think those two, um, Ecom and Evan Neal, are both good and i think there is a little bit of a gap but not by that much yeah i mean personally maybe it's a hot take i really don't see much of a gap at all yeah i really do like charles cross uh six this is first quarterback i got malik willis for the fact that i really like malik willis and the panthers quarterbacks room is the worst in the whole league mm. i think even if regardless if this is a good pick or not which i haven't even decided if i think it's a good pick i think the panthers are going to be like holy shit, you know, like, we need a quarterback. Yeah. And then people love Malik Willis now, mm -hmm. especially. I think um, for the same reasons I have the Panthers taking Kenny Pickett, Whew. I think he, it's the same thing with Hutchinson and Thibodeau. I think he's the safer pick than, and I think that's how they see them. I think Willis is better, but I think the way that Kenny Pickett plays Especially having Sam Darnold there, they built the system kind of around Sam Darnold and Kenny Pickett going there would basically keep it going, but just a better version of him. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, number seven, second Giants pick, I have Trayvon Walker. Mm -hmm. Trayvon Walker's really good. Maybe I was making this mock draft, thinking of banning a little bit, seeing what he would want. Uh, I think they could use another edge rusher. I don't think that's a hot take at all. And I think Trayvon Walker's really good. And he's been climbing up draft boards. Yeah, I, I don't see him falling out of the top five. I do, I, but, you know, I, I'll i change my mind soon enough, I bet. So, for me, for the second Giants pick, I have Sauce Gardner going here. I think Go. James Bradbury might get signed. He was supposed to be traded. No one really wanted him, so they might keep him. But even if they do keep him, I think you got to take him over. He doesn't play like Bradbury anyways. Yeah. Doesn't, Another can... guy, I mean, that would be a potential here is Hamilton. But I think you take him over Hamilton. You need this more than a safety. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great pick. I mean, I my my I love Scott Gardner. That's my yeah. guy. And at number eight, uh, the Falcons. I have Garrett Wilson. I think. We talk about every year, there's always like the first pick is usually always like a lock and then maybe sometimes the second. But I think as we go throughout the draft board, we some players can go here or there. And I think this is almost a lock because I don't see him going any higher and I don't think he's falling past the Falcons. I think he will fit in this team perfectly. 
I I mean, another player that they might go for would be Malik Willis at this point. Yeah. Um, with Kenny Pickett off the board in mind. But I don't think they want to go there. They The way that they're talking right now, they were saying today that they feel like they're contenders. And I don't think they got Marcus Mariota for nothing. And I still have a little bit of faith in him. And even if you don't take him now, next year's quarterbacks are a lot better. Yeah, in my I, I totally agree. Uh, at eight, this is only because I I like Manning's pick. I'm not going to lie. I, if I had to go back, maybe I'd consider it. I think this wide receiver class is pretty deep. Yeah. And that's the only reason I could see them hanging around to trade up early in the second or something. So at eight, I have them taking Kyle Hamilton. I think... They're a team that has proven, especially last year with Kyle Pitts, they don't really care about positional needs. They'll take the best player available. And I think Kyle Hamilton might be the best player in the draft. So I think they have a logic there to take him, even if wide receiver is more of a need. Yeah, I think Hamilton definitely, if not the best player, one of the best players. It's just, he's a safety. He's top two of mine. He's, so, he's yeah. a safety and that's just, it's tough. a lot of teams don't want need a safety. I just couldn't see him falling anymore. I yeah. couldn't. And I'll just continue at nine because we already talked about this guy. This is where I have Sauce Gardner with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I think the Seahawks aren't in a place to compete right now. They love tall cornerbacks that, you know, Gardner's not even that tall, but they like lanky cornerbacks that play good man coverage and don't allow catches. They need more. Yeah. And I think he, in my point in this draft, he's easily my best player available. And I'm not going to let him slide out the top 10. Sauce Gardner's so good. He deserves to be picked top 10. Uh for the Seahawks, I have Charles Cross, and the only other player I could see them going with at this point is Malik Willis, um, and they might go with him. I think as we get closer, because right now it's starting to come out um, that they might take him, as we get closer, it might be more evident that they are, but I think they should take Cross at this point. Same thing as the Falcons. Next year's draft class with quarterbacks is so much better, Yeah, and they're not going to be that good. So I think you just wait another year and I, get a good tackle. I think that's totally reasonable. 10, I have Stingley. Stingley I'm not super high on as a corner, but that's only because I think Gardner's better. I think Stingley, if he just gets that mojo back yet his freshman year, I think the Jets are willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. My, I mean, I have the Jets being risky in this draft with Kayvon and Derek Stingley. If they both pan out how I think they can, they have the best draft out of anyone here. Uh, for At number 10, I have Kyle Hamilton going to the Jets. I think they need a safety. Yeah. They need, and he's, we just talked about this, one of the best players. And at number 11, um, let's, I have. Let's start rapid firing these. Yeah, I, mean, I have Washington talking. taking Stingley for the same thing you said before. W. Great player. Uh, 11, I have Washington taking Garrett Wilson. I just think him, McLaurin, and Moore is an insane wide receiver room. And at number 12, I have the Vikings taking Jordan Davis. I think this is a big pick for them, and he was one of the best players in football, and I think this is finally his spot to get taken. Number 12, I did OU. I also had Jordan Davis, the exact same reason. At 13, this one's a little bit of a hot pick, but I have Jermaine Johnson going to the Texans, and I think he's underrated in this draft. This draft has very good defensive lineman especially off the edge and i think he's a good pick for them number 13 with the texans i have jermaine johnson for the same reason (laughs) uh 14 for the ravens another one that i have going early andrew booth and um they're in a spot where they could take a lot of different players but i think this is a good pick for them yeah number 14 i have them taking trevor penning build that o-line finally please just do it um now we have back-to-back picks for the eagles yeah. Um, do you want, I'll just say my two, yeah. and then you can say your two. Throw them out there because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. I have Trent McDuffie going here first, and then I have them taking Drake London. I think 
they got to go offense and defense at this point, and I think they should go with a cornerback and a receiver, and I think those are the two best left on the board at this point. I'm taking a corner, too. I gave him Andrew Booth here because I had him slipping like two picks farther than you. And uh, I Tyler Linderbaum, they need a center, and he legit is a top five player in the class. He's unbelievable. I don't think the Eagles pass him up. At 17, I have the Chargers taking Trevor Penning, and um, I mean, you got to protect your potential MVP quarterback in the next couple years. I had similar feelings, but I just think they took Slater early last year. They might switch up. I haven't taken Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. He's rising up a ton of draft boards, deservingly menacing D lineman. I think they're really upset they don't get Jordan Davis here, so they go and take his teammate. I think for the same reason, that's why I have the Saints at 18 going with Devontae Wyatt. Yeah. Now, number 18, I have him taking Kenny Pickett. I think I had him slipping almost too far, and I was thinking, man, the Saints... They have a lot of needs, uh, don't get me wrong, but I think the Saints can take their pick to get a quarterback that could be really good with the year sitting behind Jameis Winston. I think this is Jameis, this isn't a hot take. I think this is Winston's last year in New Orleans. Clearly, clearly they, I forget who they assigned as their backup, but the guy that wasn't Taysom Hill, he's a solid backup. I told was it Book? Yeah. Yeah, who, whoever's yeah, their backup there. quarterback. Yeah, they, they have backup quarterbacks there. I think you build Kenny Pickett to be a really good starter next year. Um, at 19, we have the Eagles again. Yeah. I have them taking George Karloftis here. I think he's been one of my favorite players in this draft for a while. And he's fallen down not because he's not good, but so many players yeah. have risen above him, and I think this is a good value pick. 19, I have Jameson Williams for the Eagles. They really need a receiver, and I think they're willing to take a risk. And his injury concern sucks, but I think the Eagles have shown before they're willing to take chances. And if he pans out, him and Devontae Smith is one of the best receiving cores for years to come. It's really interesting. Um, at 20, the Steelers, I have them taking Zion Johnson. Uh, I think they need O-line badly. And I think they're going to start um, using Najee a lot more, and they're going to be a running team. And yeah. this is a great fit for them. Number 20, I have Kenyon Green. The exact same reason. I personally think Zion's better. But I think Kenyon Green fits better in that kind of Pittsburgh Steelers line. So I, I totally agree. They need to build around a running team. At 21, we have the New England Patriots. I have them taking Devin Lloyd. Um, good linebacker pick for them uh, just to sit back there. And I think he'll be good for them. That's who I want them to take. But at 21, I have George Karloftis. I think we, re uh, we, I always do this. I think the Pats really need an edge. And like they have judon on one side it's great yeah. we need more and trading winovich just for a linebacker was kind of a sign to me that hey they re-signed juan bentley they're going to try to keep that linebacker core intact they want to get an edge or a corner yeah. and i think i mean just looking at carl loftus i think bill belichick would like him so yeah. i see it um at 22 i have the packers taking jamison williams and it's kind of a risky pick with that injury, but I've said this before. I think he's probably the fastest player I've ever seen he's in college football, and I don't think the injury will really slow him down, and I don't think there's any world that the Packers don't take a receiver here. You have to. Yep. In mine, I think the Packers are super happy they slipped this far. They take Drake London. Yep. He's a really good player. At 23, um, I have the Cardinals taking Chris Olave, and I mean, at first, he was the number one receiver in this draft. And I think a lot of... He still of, could be. Yeah, still, I think he still yeah. is up there, but... He probably think, won't go yeah, first. This yeah. class is so deep, and it just depends on what team. It's like, it's a team-oriented. There's not one guy that's so much better than the others. It's 
just based on who has the pick when, and I think that's why they take him here. Yeah, totally. I think the Cardinals are another team that's super happy in mind. Trent McDuffie swift all the way down here. They don't have a strong cornerback room. They're going to take him. Come yeah. On. At 24, um, I think Jerry Jones and the Cowboys are taking Kenyon Green here. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have a lot of your linemen starting to retire, so just fill the holes. I think that's a great pick. In mine, I have them reaching on Jaquan Brisker. I really think they need someone in the back end. Their corner room is proceedingly, or sorry, uh, increasingly getting better. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs had a breakout season last year. You know, I I don't value him super high if I'm being honest. Yeah. I think a guy in the deep end of your defense that's really solid. Brisker's underrated. I love Brisker. Yeah. I I mean we're both Penn State fans at heart, so I mean. I think Brisker would be a good pick. At 25, I have the Bills taking Linderbaum, and I think great pick for them here. He's fallen this far, then I think you got to take him. For sure. I have the Bills taking Olave. I think they need a receiver on the other side of Diggs. You said it great. Olave is a really tough receiver to pass on. Um, at 26, the Titans, I have them taking Nicobe Dean, my favorite player in the draft. Yes, sir. And I think they need a linebacker, and I don't think they mind reaching on this. Yeah. I think the Titans take Devin Lloyd. He slipped in mine. And linebacker, they need one. Um, 27, I have the Bucks taking Jahan Dotson. I think this is a bit of a reach, but um, I think they want to make this offense so much better. I don't think they really care that much about the defense just because it's so good. Yeah. So you might as well just bulk up that receiver. Godwin and, Dot- Godwin and Dotson, those yeah, Nittany Lions. Yeah. Damn. Uh, 27, I have him taking Zion Johnson. Uh, this could be flipped with Kenyon Green. I think those two O-linemen will go to the two spots I have. But Dion happened to slip in this one. Great, really solid offensive lineman. He's a mauler. He is big. Um, at 28, I have the Packers taking David Ojabu. And I think he was a top 10 pick. And then he got hurt. And in my draft, they're taking him and Williams. So they're really betting that these injuries don't hurt them. But I think if he comes back from injury, this will be the best pick in the draft. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Uh, for me... I have the Packers in a different mentality. I have them scared shitless. They take Drake London, mm-hmm. and in this, they take William Mafe. He's healthy. That's the only thing. And I, I think Ojabo is a lot better, but Mafe's healthy. Um, at 29 and 30, we have the Chiefs picking. And I'm going to be honest, I have two players that I don't think a lot of people are seeing them taking here, but I have them taking Christian Watson first. Um, they need a receiver, and... The only reason why I think they're going to pick him is his dad played there. I'm saying it. I, I think I think that's going to play a factor. You need it. it. You need it. Yeah. And then at 30, I have them taking Daxton Hill. Oh yeah, the safety. Got to replace. That's a good one. Tyron Matthew. I think people are talking about he could possibly move to corner. I don't think it's likely, but it's just I think he's, versatility yeah, yeah. is important. I think he could definitely play somewhere. Yeah. So I have a corner as well. I have Kyrie Elam going here. Good man corner. And I have Traylon Burks. I think you want to draft to try to fill a Tyreek Hill role. And Traylon Burks doesn't really play like Tyreek Hill, but he's so versatile that maybe you could... And Chiefs love doing random stuff in the playbook. He could really do a lot of stuff. fit with a lot of those plays. Yeah, I really like him. On the last two picks, we have the Bengals. I have them taking McCreary here from Auburn. And I think they really want an O-lineman, but in my draft, it's just so O-line heavy. And this was the hardest pick for me because... I they really need an O lineman and I there there's no one left on my board that they should pick in the first round. I totally agree. Like mine went the same way, and I was struggling to give them McCreary or Kyler Gordon from Washington. I ended up giving them Kyler Gordon. Um, number thirty-two. The Lions are ending this draft taking Malik Willis. Um, Damn. 
I don't see any team picking him. And if he's here, because we didn't do trades, I could definitely see them trading up to oh, get him. Yeah. But if he lands to them at 32, you have Lamar Jackson 2.0 right now. Lamar Jackson. It's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have Jahan Dotson. Too good to pass up. You had him way earlier, deservingly. I think he just happened to slip in mind. You got to take him. Yeah. And, I mean, this draft is going to be good. There's a lot of good players. There's not as many star players as we usually see. But I think it definitely makes it up with so many solid players. Oh, if you like... And a if, lot of players that can develop. If you like O-Lyman and, and D-Ends, like, this is great. Especially receivers, too. Receivers, too. Receivers are fun. Out of all the skills group, that's probably the best one. Yeah. And like we said before with the receivers, I think depending on who's picking where, that's where the receivers are going to go. There's oh, not absolutely. a clear-cut guy that's so much better than the rest. I also sense that a lot of trades will be happening pre-draft and during the draft. I think Their yeah. teams are going to be moving. Teams always move like crazy. I think teams are really going to be wanting to move. Like, we might see top three picks being shipped around and stuff like that. Yeah, especially, I mean, the number one pick... Um, I don't even know if Jacksonville wants it. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 kind of a lot of pressure. Yeah. That being said, uh, we're nearing the end of the episode, and uh, thank you for tuning in. I think this was a good one. We'll definitely get this out. Uh, we missed last week. We recorded an episode. It just wasn't super good. Cam wasn't here as well, and we just didn't have a lot to talk about. This one definitely higher quality, and we're feeling good about it. Make sure to check us out on Instagram. We'll be posting a couple times a week at the nosebleeds or the underscore nosebleeds underscore podcast on Instagram. And anything left to say, Banning? I don't think so. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening, and we're done. Bye-bye.